to another episode of The Body Shop. Greetings and salutations. Your one-stop shop for all the horror movies you've seen, haven't seen, didn't know you hadn't seen, didn't know you wanted to see, and really did not want to see. Today is our 10th episode. 10 whole episodes. Holy hell, Batman. We actually managed to make 10 episodes We've so made far. 10 episodes, yeah. In a very short amount of time, yeah. actually. Um, so congratulations to us, and yeah. congratulations to our listeners that are faithful ones that are still listening. And we decided we were going to try something a little different today. Right. What are we doing, Brian? So, first off, we've been getting a lot of questions from, from the listeners and from the audience and stuff like that. To give us a little, give them a, give them a little information about us. But I'm a mystery. You're not a mystery. All right, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, so, I, I going to do it. I'm going to no. give them a little intel. You what know? do I know? Do it. Let's do it. Well, so, for all that are listening, my name is Glenn. I am not from the state of South Carolina. No shit. I'm a transplant from the state of New Jersey. Well, for those of you who don't know, we're recording in South Carolina. We are recording in South Carolina. Uh, I've been down here about 12 years. So, um, uh, I am married with two children. One of them is my blood child. The other one I got on Etsy. Pretty and, sure that's uh, illegal. No, that's... um. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Wayfair, Wayfair. Wayfair. Oh, Wayfair. That's the illegal ones. No, this Yikes. one. This one is my my wife's daughter, so it worked out good. Um, yeah, man. So I uh, I got into horror because of my aunt. Uh, my aunt, whenever she had to babysit me, she would she would uh, let me watch horror movies, and she got me into punk rock and stuff like that. So I I mean I started off nice at an early age. <laughs> your aunt, your aunt sounds awesome. My aunt was my aunt is awesome. All right. I'm not going to lie. Uh, she was the one that got me into like, the Kinks and uh, the Ramones and stuff like that. And you'll hear me say I love the Ramones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my first movie that, uh, one of the first movies she got me watching was uh, Salem's Lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned that to me before. Slightly traumatizing for a small child. That was made for TV, too. Yeah, it was still traumatizing. Yeah, it's still scary as shit. So mm. she used to read all kinds of crazy shit. And, you know, she was a, she's an awesome lady, man. So mad props to her. So there, sir. How'd you get into it? Well, I'm. Oh, let's back up. If we're gonna do this thing, we're gonna do this thing. I am Brian. I am not married, nor do I have any children. And uh, the horror movies have been literally my entire life. Um, I mean, even as a kid, you know, most people fear the strange and unusual. I am strange and unusual. That's a quote from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I wasn't. I wasn't prevented from watching things like a lot of kids are. I mean. You know, my, my mom worked all the time, and, you know, yes. I, my brother is a whole lot older than I am. And, you know, like, I remember six years old throwing The Exorcist in the VCR and, and rocking out to that, you know. Ah, uh, the latchkey child. Uh, I was a latchkey child. So as I don't feel bad. I was a latchkey you, kid. Well, you shared a thing not too long ago about, uh, or you sent it to me, about, uh, like, keys around your neck and stuff. Like, I, I literally walked to and from elementary school with a house key tied around my neck. Yeah, man. It's it was a very different time. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, well, and now here I am reviewing horror, reviewing movies, horror movies on the internet. <laughs> Go figure. So today we're going to talk about something different. We're not actually going to talk about a movie, right? We're not talking about movies. Though. We're actually going to talk about the hosts, right? Horror hosts. So uh, podcasting, horror movie reviews, or internet horror movie content. A lot of the times, you're there for the for the person. Yep. Like what we just did. Like you're listening to us. You want to know who the hell we are. There you go. We told you a little bit. Um, but that's not a new thing. No. That I mean, that goes back to the 50s 
with with syndicated movies on on on, on local, television, on local television. Yeah. yeah, and it was all local in the beginning. It was. I mean, it was usually <coughs> your uh, like your weatherman or your your sports anchor or whatever. Funny you should say that. He'd do you know the six o'clock news, and then it'd be like, all right, get makeup because at nine your ass is doing you know the giant Gila monster as you know Boo Boo the fucking walking zombie or whatever. Was there a Boo Boo the walking zombie? There was there was a Zomboo. Zombo? Zombo, I think is how they pronounced it. On uh, K-O-L-O in Nevada. Nice. Now, real quick, a little, little, little bit of history for you. You're going to hear us talk about things that start with W, and you're going to hear us talk about stations that start with K. A little tidbit of information. The Mississippi River is the line that switches between what's considered W and what's considered K. Everything west starts off with a K. Oh, Everything east... Really? Yes. Wow, I did not know that. Everything east will start with a W. So I only had one that I found that was west of the Mississippi, so that was the one. A little tidbit of useless knowledge I mean, for short you. of the bigger ones that we're talking about, like, you know, some of them are... Are huge. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're not local, they're national, but that's what we're going to work up to. So... I guess let's start with the basics. Let's start with let's start with um, let's start with let's start with let's start with her. Uh, let's go ahead and go with it. Let's I mean, get it off. Let's get it out. It all started with her. We might as well start with her. So we're going to talk about one of the most iconic hosts out there. Um, we're going to talk about Vampira. 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 Her real name is well, she went by uh, Mili Narimi. But that was not her actual no, name. No, her real name was Mili Elizabeth Hajahajabalabal. Yeah, she was Finnish. Yeah. Something like that. And she was um she was actually raised in Astoria, Oregon. She was like canning, tuna canning, stuff like that. Right. And when she graduated high school in nineteen forty, she bounced and went to LA. So Yeah, she did like some go go dancing and that kind of Well, thing. yeah, the nineteen forties weren't that, that decade for her was the cutting of the teeth because she actually bounced between L.A. and New York City. Yeah. Wow. And um, she did... Uh, Mylan in, Nermy is how you pronounce that, by the way. Is it Mylan Nermy? Yeah, it was sure. going to drive me nuts if you kept saying it that way. I don't really care. <laughs> so so she bounced back and forth between L.A. And, and New York. And she was actually, in 1940... I want to say 44. She was on um, uh, on a play that she got fired from from Mae West. Because Mae West thought she was being upstaged by her. Yeah. Because she's a very beautiful woman. You know, she had a very beautiful structure. Her figure was nice. Boy, yeah, yeah, that hourglass thing. You know. Like, uh, what's her name in uh, White Christmas? Not Rosemary Clooney, the other one. Oh. Uh, Vera something. No. Uh, Anyway, you know. Yeah, I know you're talking about. The other one. Yeah. Where you can, like, wrap your hand around her waist. It, It exactly was that. So, in 1947, she ended up getting, like, an uncredited role in a movie called If Winter Comes. So, now, here's the thing I get a kick out of. She was in a show that had, uh, in 1944, on Broadway. And it was called The Spook Scandal. And it had a long run time. Like, it was on there for a long, long time. Two shows. Hmm. Shit you not. Uh, December 8th and December 9th of 1944 it ran two shows and it closed. Oh, that was a long time. I got you. So, and she, but she ended up getting a little bit of a, because of the character she played and what she did. She was a scream queen, essentially. You know, a scream, scream queen lays in a box. That's how it all goes. But she got a lot of notoriety for it and that put a little credit in her. Right. Scream, scream queen is a totally different thing now. <clears throat> yeah. No shit. <clears throat> so, she's back in LA, mm. roughly like 1950s. Um, yeah, it was 54. 
54. 54. She's struggling, you know. Uh, so what she ended up doing was, and I give her some credit on this, she kind of was a self-marker. So she realized while she's trying to get jobs, she ended up taking pinup shots and and she was selling pinup shots. She was a hat check girl, which is not self-marketing, and she's having a fucking job. Yeah, right. But she also painted neckties. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know either. But those were like, so she did a lot of stuff, kept herself busy to make money. And she also got married. So she married a guy named, and bear with me, it's Dean Reisner. Okay. All right. So now we're in, we were, we're very much in right around 1954. She gets invited to go to a Halloween right, party. A Halloween party, yeah. Okay. So this is kind of where we... Where we start to see who right, she yeah, is. This, this is where I know it from. Like, she was dressed as Morticia Adams. Well, she took... She made her dress from scraps of, of cloth. And she used the concept behind Adam... Um, uh, the, the, the Charles Adams... Yeah, it's Morticia. Morticia. Yeah. Which pisses me off for something we'll discuss later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So, she goes to the party. They have a great time. Yeah. She kind of... It, it's almost it's almost Cinderella-like. All right? Because she right. goes to the party, bounces out... And months later, there is a, a brand new um, production manager for right, KABC. Some, some studio exec. Hunt Strawberg Jr. Okay. All right. Right. And he saw so her at the party. He had saw her at the party, and he was just infatuated, not with her in a, in a, in a, in a sexual way, but in a, well, no, I can use this. So this is something that bugs me, and, and it's not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Vam, Vampire, but when people talk about Vampire, they're like, oh, she started it. She came up with the whole thing. No. No. She dressed up for Halloween. And got a, a job from it. A TV executive had the idea. Yeah. So this, He was like, I want somebody that looks like that to host these newly syndicated horror movies and tracked her down and hired her to do it. So this guy, Hunt Stromberg Jr., is the program director for KABC Television in Los Angeles. All right? And he wanted her. And again, it wasn't in a sexual way. It was, I fucking, this chick's going to do what I need to do. Right. Well, at that time, they had just syndicated like the Universal movies and all that stuff where you could show them on TV. Yep. So on April 30th, 1954, Vampira, the Vampira show was born essentially. And it was, um, what the hell did they call it? I thought it was the Vampire show. No, I had something to dig it up or something like that. But essentially, it was her, it was her television show. Yeah, yeah. She comes and, out of the fog, walks, spikes the camera, and screams. That's and, it, man. So, Vampiro was born, man. And uh, that show ran from 1954 to 1955. Right, it was only up for a year. And most of the footage from that's gone. Like, the nice... There's like five or six clips. Like, if you look it up, it's, a, it's the same like five clips. Well, the thing I get a kick out of it, and I give her a little <laughs> bit of credit, is like like... She, she, it didn't dry up for her. Like the fifties were good to her, right, right, yeah, no, because she like, ended the up the show stopped. The she show stopped doing in stuff. So she ended up running in eight more movies, and she was included in the nineteen fifty nine, uh, my personal favorite, Edward Masterpiece, uh, playing nine, nine from, from outer, outer space, space, which because. Because of that movie, that's the scene where she comes out of the woods with the fog and her arms out stretched like this. Right. Because of that movie, that's the actually opening clip to the original Chiller Theater, which I grew up with. So that was like a big thing for me. Right. Uh, so essentially, the 50s were fantastic for her. Now, the 60s got a little rough for her. Well, um, at that point, it was every every local station had it. Well, not only that, but she, you know, she wasn't even working really at all. She was... She was uh, doing flooring, linoleum. She was carpentry work. Shit you not. She actually had a little shop called Vampira's Attic, which she made homie jewelry. She did some stuff for celebrities, but nothing, you know, 
not Kardashian-esque, you know, right, it was very low end. Right, right. So in 1981, and, and I don't mean to fast forward to 81, but well, there was nothing going on. You're jumping way ahead. We'll we'll hold that for when I get to mine, because I know where you're going. You're going with the Elvira thing. I am. I, well, yeah, yeah. We'll hold that off. Uh, but in the meantime, between Vampira and Elvira, there were, I mean, there were so many. Tons. I mean, I, I couldn't begin to list them all. I've got four, six, eight, ten, eleven here on this piece of paper that are just like local folks that were big enough that I could find them. Uh, you had Dr. Paul Bearer on WTOG. In I watched, did you actually, have you ever watched him out of Philly? Is it, oh, he's not Philly. Yeah. That's Florida. Oh, uh, no, Tampa. Know? You're right, Tampa. Yeah. He's actually funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, his yeah. shit was really good. I dug it. Uh, and then when he passed away, they did a flipping, a decent, uh, you, you can find this on YouTube, too. Yeah. They did a decent, like, like one-hour show about him. Right. And he's had, like, streets named after him in Tampa, his own fucking day. Dude, Paul Barrow was pretty good. Right, right, right. Uh, Count Gore Duvall, who I believe is still doing this, it was uh, WDCA out of, uh, out of D.C. Um. You had the Gravemaster on TV 18 in Florida. That's a guy in a mask sitting on a stone toilet with puppets. It's my kind of guy. It's kind of weird. Uh, WBFF in Maryland had ghost hosts. WOIO in Ohio had Frank and Drac. It was it was Dracula and Frankenstein. But they were like, they were working for the TV studio as these hosts, but they were in character like the whole time. They were doing like a lot of more behind the scenes kind of stuff. Like right. Gags. Um uh, Cremacia Mortem on KS, uh, KSHB in Missouri. Baron Von Crypt on KDNL in Missouri. Uh, WCTV in Florida had Dr. Speculo on uh, Tales from That's Sydney. a horrible name. It is. Uh, Specula. I already mentioned KOLO. <coughs> K-O-L-O had Ted Zombo. Uh, WJPK in Michigan had Sir, Ga- Sir Graves Gasly. That was a big oh, one. God. Uh, it was a big one. Was he? Yeah, but he did like he did everything himself. So if it was like a woman singing, it was him dressed in drag. Like, Good for him. Yeah, Good for him. Um, and then TBS had Al Lewis. Oh, Grandpa Monster. Grandpa Monster. And he, and he was in the Grandpa Monster. In the Grand Super Grandpa yeah. Monster right. thing. Yeah. Now, that was a national one, obviously. That's obviously, not, you can't remember that. And Grandpa Monster was awesome. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, like, you, you can't list them all. When Vampire passed away, when, when Milan Ermy passed away, they had a, uh, a thing in, the, I want to say it was Michigan or something, the Midwest somewhere in that area, middle of the country. Right. Uh, where somebody that was a vampire fan just started contacting horror hosts, like current ones, right? And was like, look, we want to do a memorial, big horror host convention thing. You guys show up. And like a hundred of these people showed the fuck up. Well, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, take away all the, the, the part that aggravates me a little bit about her, she... She kind of, whether she liked it or not, she spirited the thing. Right, even though, right. even though she really, she kind of fell into it. Yeah, but at least when she fell into it, she right. took it on like a champ. I mean, she drove in a yeah. black sedan. Yeah. She, she, always she lived kept the, the character. Par- yeah. She lived the character. She put a paracel, you know, she would hold a paracel over. Yeah, you know, apparently she, I want to say she moved near a funeral home or in her funeral home. You know, like, like she embraced every bit about that. Right. So that to me qualifies her for what she's for what right, she's you know and when i say when i say things about her it's it's just like we do movies right it, it's honesty she, she didn't come up with the idea she no. gets the credit for coming up with the idea somebody else did that but that character was hers like she she she, she made it hers she, she absolutely made it hers, made it hers. Right. all right so 1981 we're gonna go back real quick cover this last piece so in 1981 she was offered to revive the role as uh as vampira 
Um, they originally were going to hire somebody, and I don't. I apologize, I don't have the name. But what ultimately ended up happening was they hired Cassandra Peterson. And if you don't know who Cassandra Peterson is, oh, you actually talk, really do. We're going to talk about her. Her name is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and I think she is a again iconic on so many levels. Look, everything that Vampira couldn't get done, Elvira did. Elvira did, um, and and I I just I think I give her mad props. But I'm gonna, I was going to save her for the end. Yeah, absolutely, um, I'm tight. Um, so here comes the lawsuits. Right. You know, well, she uh, tried. All right, she tried to sue Cassandra Peterson for infringing her appearance. Right. Her props. Her jokes. Like this was a significant lawsuit where she lost on it though. Well, you're you're talking about what thirty five years, thirty years, something twenty five years, twenty five years after she she wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, but um, she lost not for that reason. She lost because of Charles Adams. Right, that's the thing. Like, and that that's the thing that bugs me the most because people when people talk about it, you know, oh, Elvira stole everything and, and she sued her. Well, she didn't win the suit because. She was trying to sue her for stealing shit that she had already stolen. Yeah, she tried to say that that uh, the Morticia character in the Charles Adams cartoons was flat chested, where she was more voluptuous, but the outfit was damn near identical. Right, like damn near identical. Right, and I mean, I guess at that point she's trying to sue her because Cassandra Peterson is more voluptuous. I have no earthly like, idea. Is it like, like tit envy? I don't know what. I, I don't know if it's tit envy or not, but she is voluptuous. There's no lie there. Oh yeah. So, sadly, um, but sadly, I mean, the Elvira, the Elvira shtick, the character, and the vampire character are not the same. No. They both have black hair, they both wear black dresses, they both, both post horror movies. But Vampire ran it straight. She made, like, goofy puns and stuff, but they were very ominous and, and, and deadpan in her delivery, whereas Elvira's, Elvira's, a Elvira's a valley girl. She's a legit comedian, too. So she was a comic, that's why she got hired. Well... She so. did a whole lot of things. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but so on uh, on January 10th, 2008, Vampira dies of natural causes in her garage apartment. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. So this this woman who is who truly was iconic um, just kind of disappeared into obscurity. Yeah. Well, I mean, she got overshadowed by the thing that she created is what happened there. Well, her, helped to create. Her, her monster killed her. Uh, right. So... so but, like I said, after she passed away, they had this huge horror convention and stuff, and it was, it was mostly local guys. Joe Bob Briggs did show up and, and speak uh, at it, which, you know, runs us right on into to Joe Bob. Go for uh, it, baby. Joe Bob Briggs is actually John Irving Bloom, and he was a, uh, he was a columnist at a, in a, uh, a Dallas newspaper. Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Arkansas Democrat in, in Little Rock. Uh, and he wrote like you know he he wrote columns and stuff, but he would do like driving movie reviews. And he took that and he spun it into a character from Texas called I mean, he is from Texas, uh, called Joe Bob Briggs, and he like he like he he doubles down on the cowboy thing, right? Like, right. Bolo tie, cowboy hat, that whole thing. And he would review what he called driving movies, which are well syndicated B movies, you know, like that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Skipping all the all of Joe Bob's driving and stuff, the early on stuff, uh, he got picked up by TNT doing to do Monster Vision, which was one of my childhood entrances into this. Like, yeah, I knew who Elvira was and I'd seen that stuff, but Monster Vision, 
I was glued. Monsters was awesome. I was glued to the TV, and they were edited like these horror movies. These were like real horror movies, like big budget stuff sometimes. That was you know edited for TNT, and uh, like I remember, he he would he was sitting in front of like a like a trailer, like a little camper, in this outfit, and he would do like little fun facts in between commercial breaks, and. I said earlier, like, I remember watching The Exorcist banging into the VHS and then watching The Exorcist as a child. Right. Never bothered me. When Joe Bob Briggs tells me it's based on a true story, I made it to the point where her voice started changing, and I turned that shit off, because I was like, not happening tonight, boys. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Um, <laughs> but he's, I mean, he's still going. He's still doing, you know, like, on, on Shutter and stuff, like Joe Bob's Last Drive-In, um, that kind of stuff, still doing these type of movies. Uh, his big shtick was was his uh, the way he rated things. Uh, he would he would do like the drive-in count, uh, where it'd be like you know, twenty-eight dead bodies, you know, two decapitations, four car chases, and anytime someone got assaulted with something other than a general weapon or hands, like if you if you, you know they they hit somebody in the head with a toaster, he'd be like that's toaster foo, uh, you know if, if they something foo right right yeah um, you know they. You know, stab them with a spoon. It's spoon food or what? What the fuck ever, right? Kind of like that, actually. Right. It's it's funny as shit. Um, and he he still does the same thing. And Joe Bob, being a skinny dude from Texas, did not miss what Elvira and Vampire did. He would have his male girls come in and their Daisy Dukes and their little tied up flannel shirts with their tits hanging out. So you get that too. Um, well, we're a simple breed. True story, right? I'm here for blood and boobs, folks. Let's blood go. Boobs, that's all I'm here for. So, oh wait, there's a story. Now you've distracted me. What right. you got? Well, well, we divided these up. We did, and and I'm. Uh, are, you, are you moving on to your big one? So, um, oh, yeah. How many do you have left? I don't even know who you've got. Hey man, I got my shit together right here. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, so... We set off the jump we were doing this live. Like, this, we did not script this. We were just talking about our host. I'm talking about... So, I'm going to talk about Chiller Theater. Uh, I grew up... Oh, exactly, yeah. ...watching Chiller Theater. And um, it started, actually, in 1961. And it went all the way through to, like, 2011. Well, when you go looking into these, like, you get Joe Bob Briggs, you get Elvira, you get Sven Gulli, you get Vampira, you get... Uh, Zachary. You have to talk about Zachary. He was the cool ghoul. So, Zachary originally is from um, uh, Philadelphia. All right. Uh, God bless him. Born in 1918. Dead a while, but at least we know. So, essentially, he worked for the television uh, worked for the television station. Right. Well, that's, and, a lot of these people were that. Like, you know, like I said earlier, it was your it was your weather guy or your, your fucking sports announcer. And he actually had a character called, I want to say it was Raymond and he right, was it, this was doing and it wasn't a horror show that he was originally doing he was doing um uh like a wild west show and he was the crypt keeper or not crypt keeper but he was the undertaker in this wild west show okay and the television television station was like uh hey man see that's the that's the way i remember it was i'm like you want to uh what's your thoughts on uh, doing uh like an 11 o'clock horror horror show and he's like yeah sure so he actually took a coat yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, he, he took the coat. He stole it from the set. He stole yeah. from the set, and that's what he used to to dress up as. And they, you know, his first the first adorations of like him and makeup were horrible. They, oh, yeah. they it just looked awful until right. they could kind of find time. 
But he, he ended he, up. Was he the one that referenced his wife, but you never saw her? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Always referenced referenced yeah. his wife. Um, and he ended up going before he ended up going to well, correction. He went to Chiller Theater first, and he was only there for a year or so because then he ended up going to Shock Theater. Yes, that, yes. And that's where most people know where Zachary was because that was that was that was him. That was right. Philadelphia. That was Shock Theater. They were showing everything under the sun, and and that's where you know it. But he actually did start with Chiller Theater. Right. Well, uh, I mentioned uh, Gore Duvall, Count Gore Duvall. Like he, he's dressed like a vampire. He's using this accent that kind of fades in and out. Right. But he he references his mummy, okay, oh, as his mother in a, a mummy in a coffin in the corner. Like that's 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 ripped off Zachary. Like that's, yeah. So it's like all these people. Oh, so did um uh, uh oh Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer referenced referenced his mummy. Did he? Yeah, but except for she was a walking mummy. Like she wasn't in a case. Like he, the doorbell would ring and he'd be oh, like, yeah, oh, mummy's here. Yeah, yeah, it was Open the door and yeah. mummy would walk in and pick no, up with a handbag. And no, I'm like, the, oh, that's so... Yeah, no, the the, the stick of, of referencing a character that's not there is what I mean. Like, exactly, would, would talk about his wife who was supposed to be in a coffin, it. but you would never hear her. She, there was no character there. He's just talking to, like, an empty box. That's it, man. And Gore, Gore Duvall was talking to a, to a mummy in a coffin that was just a prop. That's uh, it. That's all, man. So, but they all stack on each other. Like, if you catch something in this that works, I could steal it. Like, yeah. that's and that was a nice part. Of, like, and that's the nice part about this genre too, because there's not a lot of bitching about that. Right. You know, I mean, well, flattery is the sincerest form of imi- imitation. Is, yeah. Wait, imitation. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. flattery. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's where you got to give these guys Look, credit. Man, if, another, then, if another horror thing popped up wanting to wanting to count bodies as a, as a rating system and have a body count, like, fucking go for it, man. Not going to beat us. Yeah. We're still better. I don't know about that. They might be better than us, too. The question is, do they have commercials? I don't know. You know what? Uh, you know I think what? we should actually, have a word from our sponsor. So this one's actually not a commercial. This is a, this is a call-in from a fan. It's a call-in from a fan? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an audio message from a fan. Sweet, I want to hear it. Uh, hello, my name is Kerm, uh, Kevin T. Frog, and I want to say thank you to The Body Shop for getting me very interested in horror movies. After watching several, I learned that you can dispose of human remains by feeding them to pigs. And I also discovered that you can dispose of pig remains by feeding them to humans. Bah! I want to tell you, Body Shop, how much I appreciate it. You'll never know how much you have improved my domestic situation. The Body Shop does not advocate the murder of your spouse, whether person or puppet, nor forcing other creatures to unknowingly consume their remains. Just don't, just don't, don't do that. Man, these commercials are getting weird. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that happened. Kevin T. Frog. Kevin huh? T. Frog, right? Okay, I got. Nothing. I feel like I know his voice from somewhere. Right? I, I, you know, it rings a bell. Yeah. So here's what I love about these TV hosts. Here's what I love about <laughs> they do schlocky shit like that. Yeah, they do schlocky shit like that, which is <laughs> awesome, by the way. But the movies they did, you know, so there was no horror. <laughs> horror hadn't taken off in the in what we imagined over the last forty years. Well, horror comes in waves. Yes, and it always has. Like you had, you had the silent stuff with like the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Nosferatu and stuff, and you can only do so much with a silent movie. You're a fan of the opera. Uh, in '31 with Dracula, that was the, that was the 20 years of 
of Universal Monsters. And then it died off. Nobody wanted it anymore. They wanted atomic shit, you know, sci-fi stuff. And England picked it up with the Hammer films doing the same stuff. And then it kind of faded off and it came back in the 70s and then it kind of faded off and it came back in the 80s and it came back to the end of the 90s. Where I was going with that before you decided you were going to just gut me and give me a history on fucking horror, which thanks, by the way. Oh, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, it, that, that, that's where it was going. Like, you know. They didn't care about the obscure. Right. And you never do. So, like, they didn't, uh, they didn't go for your, you know, the atypical, the atypical stories. They didn't go for the atypical movies. They went for the obscure shit. Well, they know? had to. Because well, that was cheap, too. That was the syndicated stuff, the stuff that was, that was public domain, the stuff they didn't have to pay for. Well, um, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, I don't think, is more public domain. You know, Plan 9 from, from Outer no, Space was not public domain. You know, tarantula, not public domain. Well, I mean, most of them, like a lot, you won't find a horror host that hasn't done the the nineteen sixties Night of the Living Dead. No, you have to because and it was banned in the United States for years. Well, it, it was it was a huge success that they fucked up the copyright on. So, That's why he did the second movie. So when you watch a movie, like a horror movie, and they're you know, oh, let's sit down and watch a horror movie, and they turn the TV on, and you actually see the TV. It's Night of the Living Dead. Because it pays homage, like, hey, you know, we all know we came from this. But nobody has to get a royalty. Well, we don't have to pay you for it either. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Which is, which is why he went back and, and remade it in 1990, so he could get the get the money back off the original concept. I don't know. The ban- the movie was banned for years in the United States because they thought it was too intense and too realistic. Well, I mean, England had that whole video nasties thing where they were trying to ban everything. So, you know, that's not uncommon either. Bitches, let but, it fucking happen. But the reason they did these movies, these shit movies, because they were shit movies. Well, they were campy 50s fucking movies. It was mean, because they didn't have to pay to do them. They you know, show. Think about it. You got fucking, like I said, you, you got Ed Wood right. doing movies. You know, he's doing movies with Bella Lugosi and he's dressed as a fucking woman. You know, that was posthumous, right? The, the scenes of him in the graveyard? Yeah. He he already passed away when they put those in there. Yeah, it's why it's, it's so forced. Like, what the what the fuck's going on here? It's because they just kind of stuck with what he's. It broke my heart because Bella Lugosi died penniless, yeah. and he was actually buried in his his costume. Well, he, he's buried in the cave, yeah. So it just broke my heart because because uh, he I, I think of nothing more than when I think of vampires. I think your first person you think of is Bella. Lugosi. Well, it absolutely is. Um, you know the uh, their kids have their own like fucking cool kids club no shit of the original monsters i think they're called monster kids or something they're not kids anymore like they're all old as shit too now but it's it's bella lugosi's kid and it's it's a lot of cheney's kid and it's you know Cor- carlos daughter or whatever no shit yeah. i actually didn't know that so here's one for you so so we're still talking about Shelley here um so prior to 1970 we the the opening clip to Schiller theater was vampire it was Vampire Walking with Harnix, and we just, you know, yeah, from Plan 9, yeah. So, from, yeah, from Plan 9. In 1970, it changed, or 71, it changed to a claymation hand coming out of the ground, right? And here's the part I get a kick out of it. The guy that did the claymation hand, the little, the little six figured hand, six, I say that again, six. Six fingered? Six fingered. Okay. Um, was the same guy who did uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Nice. So, the claymation for Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, he did that too. It, he put six fingers on the hand. You fucked that one up there. It makes me wonder about fucking Rudolph. What if he did it on purpose? Possibly. Who the fuck knows? Um, and that would end up being like that. That was the logo forever right, for the yeah, end of time. Yeah, well, and the thing that I get a kick out of out of Chiller Theater, and again, this is something 
that I think is important. Since 1990, Chiller Theater has their own convention. It's called the Chiller Theater Convention. It's held in Jersey. It's been held every year since 1990. And it's the largest horror convention on the East Coast. Wow. So, I mean, granted, now it's been going since 90, so it's got some fucking yeah, legs. Yeah, it's got some but I love the fact that it came from, the name came from it, the concept came from it, the yeah. the, the love for horror came right. from Chiller Theater. Well, that's something that, I'm, that I dig about this whole, like, this whole genre. I mean, like, we, we both loved it since we were kids. And now, like, we, we get to see a different part of it doing this. Yeah. It's like, horror people are, they're... Fucking awesome. Fucking solid people. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're from or what type of horror you like. They're like, oh, you dig that? I don't really care for it, but this is my thing. And, like, you, it, it's it's almost like an equal footing. Yeah. Because of, because of the horror. It's absolutely fucking true. Well, we do it all the time. When you're like, you know, one thing scares you, one thing scares me, then, you know, you're like, oh, a little poo shooting out of me. And I'd be like, fuck it, I can handle that. Don't let it be this thing. <laughs> no. No, um, I, I love the fact that horror fans, they're they're dedicated, man. It's impressive. Like, I've seen people that, like, buy, cor- like, uh, buy hearses. Um, yeah. so I'm looking for I'm, I'm, I know you're waiting to buy your own hearse. But, like, uh, you've got people that bought that. And I'm going to name it Paul Bear. <laughs> ah. Um, I know people that, like, I sleep in a coffin on Thursday nights, whatever the case may be. Like, creepy, fucked up shit. Man, have you ever felt the inside of a coffin? That's, I have. They're not comfortable. That's not a comfortable sleep. It's not I a comfortable sleep. I don't know about that. So, but there's people out there that are hardcore. You know, there is such a such Oh, you a think niche. I won't drive to the grocery store in a fucking hearse? You are sadly mistaken. No, I know you will. It'll say the body shop on the fucking side of it, too. So... It's like a rolling billboard. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a rolling billboard. And it's a niche community, and they know it, and they love it, and I got to give them respect for it. And I'm, I'm part of it. I love them, too. Yeah. So what you got? Uh, I guess we'll move on to Cassandra Peterson. We might as well. Cassandra Peterson. I don't know that I really need notes on her. Cassandra Peterson. I'm actually in half- Did you just finish the book? I'm halfway through her autobiography. Oh. Uh, it's called Yours Cruelly. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, she, she didn't have a fun start really. Um, like as a child, she, uh, when I say a child, I'm like a fucking toddler, uh, climbed up on the stove, pulled a pot of boiling water off on her and, and it scarred a significant portion of her body. Oh shit. Yeah. You know, they had to do like skin grass and stuff. And, uh, because of that, you know, she always kind of felt like an outsider, which is so fucking bizarre for what she does later on yeah, really? to me. But, uh. Yeah, and, and, you know, like, you know, cousins and stuff would take her to see horror movies, and, like, her relationship with her, with her parents wasn't, wasn't fantastic, they were, they were real strict, and she was, I mean, she was a kid in the fucking 50s and 60s, for God's sake, man. In the valley? No, no. No, where's she from? No, uh, shit, Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas. Did they drop a bomb there? No, that was the Manhattan Project. Oh, my bad. Uh, I mean, you think they dropped an atomic bomb, and that's what made her tits grow so fucking big? Anything's possible. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but she uh, she ended up working at a gay bar as a go-go dancer or something, and then uh, scampered off to... Uh... Stop. What? That made no fucking sense. I'm, I'm just telling you, she was dancing she at a gay bar. She worked at a gay bar and, yeah, like, as a go-go dancer. Yeah, in like a fucking cage, like dancing, yeah. Like, you know, you see that in fucking movies. That was a thing in the 60s. Yeah, I know. I understand the go-go part. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out... the. I don't. But I they don't, don't care about the gay bar project. It does, just doesn't. There's, mat, there's math it, involved that I don't understand. I guess it catered to both sides of the 
cake community. I can't uh, imagine how big that was in the 60s. Either. I have no idea. idea. In fucking Kansas. Yeah, I can't you think that'd that'd huge. That have been that have been a quiet little little place, but it wasn't. She uh yeah. Um until she ended up, you know, scampering off to uh to Vegas to be a to be a showgirl. At something stupid young, like 17, I think. Really? Yeah, like her family made a trip out there to see like an aunt or something. And she just decided I'm out. Well, well, she's like, let's go in this place and have dinner. It'll be great dinner. And her dad and her mom were like, yeah, we'll go in and have a great dinner. But it was like a topless burlesque thing. Good for her. And they were like super uncomfortable. And like some woman comes up to her and is like, you, you will work for, you will work for me. <laughs> I will pay you $2 a day. No, like they paid her like fucking legit, like hired her on the fucking spot while she's sitting there eating dinner. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm like. How much, it's like I've been having a Blues Brothers moment. How much foot did we yeah, make? How, how much foot the girls? Well, and apparently the woman was French. She was, or, or, or something, so Eastern European or something. I don't remember. Off this is like early Russian mob shit? I guess. Great. Um, but yeah, she was a, she was down. now there's, a lot of people will say it, and it, it's, it's corrected in the book that she dated Elvis. She did not date Elvis. She spent one evening with Elvis, platonically, hanging out where he was like, if you want to be successful, get the fuck out of this town. Uh, really and, yeah and I mean she she danced there for a while until she could move to LA and then she did some movie work and stuff but like like we're not here to talk about her early life we're here to talk about no. we're here to talk about Elvira not Cassandra Peterson yeah no um, but yeah like she she took up the job hosting you know shit horror movies vampire tried to sue her uh, and then it became it. the thing about Cassandra Peterson is she was smart she didn't own the rights to the character from the local TV station, but she made sure she had the rights to everything else afterwards. The, the beer commercials, the, the national stuff, the, the, the products, the, the merchandise, all that shit. And when that TV station closed, she went back and bought those rights, the original rights too. Cassandra right, Peterson 100% owns Elvira. Really? If you purchase an Elvira, the Halloween costumes, she gets a kick. Good for her. Right. It's like Paul Rubens and, and Pee Wee Herman, like, which she's friends with because of the same thing, because they were smart enough to keep the rights to the <sighs> Say what you want about Pee Wee Herman, but he's not, a, he's not dumb. Right. He is not well, a dumb I mean, guy. Jerk off. In a yeah, 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 yeah. It was a porn theater, I guess. It's a judgment it's, call. It was a bad judgment call, bad judgment but he's not call. an idiot. Yeah, right. But, but I mean, like, we can talk forever about the Elvira character. I mean, that's that literally what we're talking about. Like, Vampire started the trend that led to a bunch of people that you've never heard of. Elvira started a trend that led to a bunch of people you fucking have. True. I mean, she had her own movies. It was two movies. Um, she had Movie Macabre originally, which was the the, the TV show. You know, yeah. The, the reviewing the horror movies and stuff. The horror hosting. Uh, she brought back horror uh, Movie Macabre not too long ago. Uh, Ten years ago or so. Uh, 24. 14 or something. I think Hulu did a 13 Nights with Elvira. I think they still do that, don't uh, they? No, it's still the same one. They just run it every Halloween. Ah. It's the same 13 movies. Um, but it's the same, like, they don't re refilm it. It's the same 13 movies. Uh, the Victorian sofa that she hangs out on is very similar to Vampires. I'll give her that. Although hers doesn't have skulls on it, Vampires did. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't touch horror in the 80s and 90s without bumping into her huge rack someplace. And they are a huge rack. Beer commercials, Doritos commercials, like it, 
everywhere. Self-marketed. Uh, there was a TV show not too long ago, a reality TV show, the, ne- the Search for the New Elvira. Couldn't tell you who the hell won it. I didn't even know they had a show out there like that. Right, because she didn't give it up. She's still at, you know, however old she is. Well, she was born in 51. She's still, she's 73, 72. Sure. Um, she, uh, she's still playing that fucking character. I love it. I think I, I well, I shouldn't say that. But the Valley Girl thing is what really because she was in the Groundlings. You, you mentioned she was an improv group, not a she wasn't a stand up comic. No, the Groundlings is yeah, no, she, that's an LA improv group. Yeah, she was in an improv group. Um, but that was it. Like she comes out there all dark and fucking scary, and then it's like oh my god, like you know, very it's very Valley, very Girl. not, very not what you look at when you first see. Right, you strike. It makes you think she's dumb. Yeah. And she plays it perfectly. Oh, yeah. And is absolutely self-aware. Like, I, I don't think there's a thing she's been in where she hasn't made some kind of pun or comment about her breasts. Yep. Thanks. And, well, you can. So here's one for you. Did you know that uh, Danny from Count's Customs yeah, yeah. was a horror guy? Yeah. Actually, they, they had some kind of connection. I think he built a car for her or something. He did. He, it was, uh, I want to say it was uh, Thunderbird. Don't quote me on it, though. Uh, but he was—he did it too. He did it for many years too. Yeah, like, like I said, local guys that you don't know them for that. Um, but yeah, I think you've got another one, don't you? I do, man. But I think we should uh, go to commercial. Oh, we doing another commercial? Yeah. Well, we got a longer runtime. Do you want to do a commercial now? Yeah, fuck, we'll do a commercial now. <laughs> this one's actually a commercial. I don't know if you know this or not, but I've kind of staged these as best I can to reference the previous episode. So. I, I have. Um, and it's not always going to work out that way because that's just too much work but in this case it does well uh, I don't really know how to record a commercial but uh, I got this property you see and uh, we used to bury our animals up there and well uh, you know sometimes uh, they'd come back I remember putting a Saint Bernard up there one time and the damn thing came back and killed three people but I suppose if uh, you're willing to accept the rest, we couldn't tell your pets, your spouse, your children, or whatever. And a phenomenal fee, of course. So if you're interested, and again, the, the risk is entirely yours, uh, give Herman Zavin a call and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, take care now. The Body Shop does not suggest, endorse, or encourage that you call Herman's Haven for the interment of any of your dead. I can't believe we have to say this, but do not gauge in necromancy. Do not attempt to raise the dead. <laughs> That's so fucking bad. It's actually funny. You love it. Uh, uh, yeah, do not do that. Don't 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 call those don't people. do that. That's just bad on so many different levels. Oh my god. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> that voice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about one that you can actually see on a regular basis. Oh yeah, no, this is me TV still going. Yeah, this guy's just blasting away, and he's uh, actually the second iteration of it. Like this is a character that has lasted. Is he the second or the third? He's the second. Is this cause? It's cause. Okay, it's still cause. Yeah, okay. Still cause. So I swear to God, it's all, right. it was a new one. <laughs> so so we're talking about this like they know what we're talking. All right, about. hold up. Let me catch you up to this. So we're going to be actually we're talking about Sven Gulli. All right, so Sven Gulli is a television show that's been around since God seventy one, seventy one yeah. or seventy two. Yeah, he was like a like a hippie ghoul. <clears throat> um, the original guy who played Sven Gulli was a guy named Jerry Bishop, and Bishop. He actually he started in nineteen seventy, so we were right. 
Um, and he played the original kind of Svengali ghoul guy. Dude. It's hard. It's Bishop looks so much like Charlie Manson. He does. It's so hard to, to try to explain what he looks like. Svengali and ghoul is how you get Svengali. Svengali, yeah. That's, that's where they got the, the concept of the name. Right. But Jerry Bishop, he stayed with, he stayed on as Sven Gulli till 1979, and then uh, Rich Cos, who we all know, right, as Sven Gulli. Well, he came in as son of Sven Gulli. Well, that that was the the continuation of the show. Yeah, but he wouldn't let him be his character, but he could be his son. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I'm I'm kind of rolling this out for they're keeping it as all one across the board. I don't agree with it. I'm just saying. What do you mean? They're not. They're not saying Son of Sven, Sven Gulli. They're saying Sven Gulli. So the second, the second iteration of the show was called Son of Sven Gulli. The show now is called Sven Gulli because before Bishop passed away, he told Rich Cos he was like, "Dude, you don't, you don't have to be Son anymore. You can just do you, it. You've grown up. Yeah, you're a big boy now. Right. And so Son of Sven Gulli and the current Sven Gulli are different than the original Sven Gulli, but the same Sven Gulli because he was, like I said, he was a he was a dirty hippie ghoul. You know, goatee, long wig, it's horrible. Yeah, headband, the whole nine. Whereas his son came in in like a top hat and a fucking tuxedo jacket. Yeah, um, and his makeup was a little bit better. But the coffin that the original Sven Gulli came out of was just a straight coffin. Yep. He straightened the character with the tuxedo jacket and the top hat, and hippied the fucking coffin as an homage to uh, homage to the original Sven Gulli. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's same type of show. Your same, same right, absolute Very Here, camp. Very campy. He did their, they did their own, you know, parodies. Hmm. Wonder what that sounds like. <laughs> you know, like commercials. Yeah. You um, characters. Hmm. Remember when I said stolen shit is totally okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. kind of it. Stop fucking, stop fucking with me now. I'm going to throw rubber chickens at you. Ah, uh, the rubber chicken that they get fucking hammered with, which is apparently a big. And I, it is a big thing, but it like people send them chickens. Oh yeah, of all kinds of natures, oh, yeah. big, small, in between, and that's a. It's kind of like the equivalent of getting hit with ping pong balls with Captain Kangaroo. Right. So and that just hurt my head coming up with that. Oh, speaking of that, uh, not in this particular case, but I believe uh, Count Gore Duvall was bozo in the D.C. area as well. Oh God! So he was like the sports announcer. He was bozo on Saturday morning, and he was a vampire horror host. Like, these guys, these local guys pulled all sorts of double duties like that. So the original show was actually not called Spingool. It was actually called Screaming Yellow Theater. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is in reference to. I'm going to go with Malarian. Probably. And uh, They probably all had it. Probably. And uh, it was on uh, WF, WFLD. Out of Philly? What the hell was that? Yeah, your phone bug. Oh, okay. Um... And what ended up happening is in 79, it got bought out by Fox Network. Mm-hmm. And they well, kind of compiled is, it all into one thing. Well, this is just like, like Joe Bob and, and Elvira, where it, it, was a, it was a local thing that got bought up and went national. Uh, this, is, this is the same thing. Yeah. So here's the thing I get a kick out of. So in March of, 20, March of 2022... Svengulli went to MeTV along with his cartoon. Right. So now we, you know, we still have them and can see them. 
Right. Uh, 86. The, cartoon, the cartoons reruns, though, isn't it? They're not still making the cartoons. I don't think so. I think they are rem- uh, the remakes. I thought they were, the, the show itself, they're definitely making new episodes. No, no, no. The, the actual television show is new, but right. the cartoon, I think, are the remakes. Yeah, the cartoons reruns, yeah. Um, 86, uh, Son of Fanguli won, th- uh, won three Emmys. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. For the show itself and for the television station. And um, 24 was given the Silver Circle Award for Chicago Midwest Chapter of the Academy of Television. Did Arts you say Sciences. in 24? 2004, sorry. Oh, okay. I was about to say it's, that's in the future. Uh, no, that was for uh, the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Midwest Chicago Chapter. And that's where they were for the longest time. That's what it was. It was... The Midwest was his area. You're talking from... Well, the Midwest was huge for our hosts anyway. Yeah, I don't understand that. Maybe uh, just there's nothing out there. I guess. I mean, more people are glued to their TV at night because there's nothing to fucking do. Because it's fucking snowing. Or, you know, it's like Iowa. Like, well, we can play in the cornfield and we can watch this jackass get hit by rubber chickens. <laughs> I'd rather watch the guy get hit with rubber chickens. I can say that because Iowa doesn't listen to us. Not yet, anyway. Well, let's hope that they don't pick it up. We'll apologize then. So that's Franguli, man. In a nutshell, I mean, it's it's he's a big guy. He's been around forever, and, yeah, I, and still, still going, and still jamming away, still going. Yeah. Um, so there was a, there was a rumor, and this goes back to what you and I were talking about. There was yeah. a rumor that he had retired. Right. He did not. He, he said, was adamant about that too. He said as long as he is as long as he is still enjoying making the show, he will make the show until his health won't allow him to. So who will uh, be the next Franguli? And will it be son of Spinguli or grandson of Spinguli? <laughs> like, are we moving down the list here? At what point do you I just... I can't imagine they're going to let it go, given how long it's been running. And, I mean, it's been running the whole damn time. Well, like, it's, it's running since 1970, so yeah. you're looking at 50 years, 52 years. Right. I mean, they'll have to find somebody else to to don it. Will he, will he do the same thing? Will he double back to, to Bishop, or will he do his own thing? I mean, at some point, that's going to happen, though. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be time recent, anytime soon, but... Well, what you got? I got one more. Do it up. They are th- this particular one is even bigger than all the ones that we've talked about. Okay, I'll bite. Because all the same things that you can say about Elvira, you can say about this one. The trick here is this one is not a fucking person. It's a puppet. It's the Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt. Oh yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Um and I mean, like, we I'm not even going to look at my fucking notes on this one. Nope. That that dates back to EC Comics, which had a huge controversy. And that's the thing about horror movies and, and horror content in general is it's always going to be controversial. Yeah. Like, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds scared the shit out of people. Well, fuck people up. Um, EC Comics, people found out their kids were reading horror comics. They wanted them, like, done away with, and that's how we got comic rating system and all that crap. Um, but... EC Comics had several several titles in their, their storehouse. They had Tales from the Crypt, they had the the Vault of Horror, the Haunt of Fear, and then they had some other stuff like like Weird Science and, and, and War Stuff and what have you, but uh, each one of those had their own like... The, comic the, one. The horror ones, they had their own uh, like host in, in the comic. Uh, the, the Crypt Keeper introduced Tales from the Crypt before the story started. Uh, the Oh crap! I can't remember them now. The vault, the vault keeper. Um, man, I've got I've got like enamel pins in my collection with all of them. But anyway, they had their own on ones. Well, they started reprinting those comics in the eighties again, 
because they had been gone for so long. Because I mean, it, it, EC kind of won the fight for as for the comic stuff. All right. But it cost them everything, and they had to shut down. Like fighting the government cost them every penny they had. So they started reprinting them in the eighties, and those comics, again, you know, horror comes in waves. Horror movies kicking up. Kids want to read horror comics. Even the Lost Boys makes reference to horror comics. No lie there. Um, then HBO, you know, paid cable like you know. Paid and that was early cable. HBO. It was yeah. Uh, it was eighty nine. Uh, picked it up, created a whole puppet character voiced by John Cassier that did the same thing that the the character in the comic books did. You know, comes in, makes puns, kind of, you know, sets everything up. Goes into a story that doesn't involve them, comes out for the epilogue, like, hey, you know, there's the the moral is, you know, whatever in a in a punny way. And that that was the stick. God, like I the Crypt Keeper was everywhere. I'm not gonna lie, the Crypt Keeper scared the shit out of me as a kid. Really did it. Like I kept thinking that motherfucker was gonna pop up at the end of my bed. Wow, that, that, the Crypt Keeper was everywhere. I mean, that, everywhere. he was on fucking MTV. Well, HBO everywhere. HBO got successful with Tales from the Crypt. It was a great show, actually. Fox syndicated and yeah. syndicated it and and showed it late night, edited for TV. Yeah. You know, they cut out the boobs and the, and the blood and stuff. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, not even that much, but they cut the boobs out. I understand um, that. But there were there were seven seasons of, of Tales from the Crypt. There were three movies. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he hosted the the Universal Horror Fest or whatever they used to have. At yeah. That thing. Horror horror uh, horror horror that horror Hollywood Nights or Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood Horror Nights horror, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Horror Nights. That's what something it was. Like that. Um, yeah, and I think he sold beer and stuff too. Like. Yeah, I mean, he was everywhere. That character was everywhere. But yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you can't, that, that's kind of what it, what it culminated into. And I love, like, I love the morals of the, of the stories, you know? It's dark. Yeah, right. And he was always so, like, dismissive about it, like, you know, and the cameos in that show. Were fantastic, oh actually. God. There was one with even the, the Even the intro music was actually pretty, was oh, good. Was Danny Elfman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um... He's a sadomasochistic undead. Wow, those notes are interesting. Um, but yeah, that was uh, I mean, Tales from a Crypt is kind of kind of the peak where that goes. Of course, I guess he never made it to streaming services, and Elvira and Joe Bob did. Svengoolie's on like you know regular TV, like you know, don't pay for because that's still a thing. I'll give it time. Somebody will want to bring a pick around. The kicker there, my mom watches Svengoolie. Does she? Yeah, yeah, she's. Nice. She could give two shits about all this ridiculous horror shit that my life has turned into, but my gosh, she doesn't miss Finn Gooley. Well, oh, I gotta go watch Finn Gooley. Oh, okay, right. love you, Mom. Bye. All right. I'm like, what? Wait, what movie are they doing? She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, all right. So you're gonna just watch this, and right? You're just watching the dude. You're not even watching the fucking movie. Well, we don't have to rate anything. That's a plus. I don't know. I mean, I guess we could. What do you want to rate? I don't know. <laughs> How about this? Look, we have to apologize. So this whole episode has been 
like off the cuff. Like we didn't plan how we were going to do this. It yeah, was, we were trying something new. And if it sucks, we like, apologize, but we really don't care it's either like, way. You know, we're going to bump the runtime a little bit for the 10th episode and try out something a little different and talk about, you know. Because, I mean, real, realistically, if you're into horror, one of these people plays some role this in plays that. a part of your life. Uh, and if we're going to sit here and... And it may not be one we even talked about. No. If we're going to sit here, we're going to say that we do podcasts and that we do content and we do these things, then I want to at least take the time out to pay the homage and pay respect to those people who actually opened the fucking door up for us. Right, right. Whether it's on television or streaming. Right. So, you know, as much as we say this was us flying off the cuff, which it was, it's still our way of saying thank you. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think absolutely. that's a legit thing. Right. And um, I have to give two more thank yous to Elvira. Well, parts of her anyway. Yeah, we have to give the thank you to Elvira's uh, giant cans. <laughs> What's the other part? Uh, one for each of them. Oh, each yeah. can? Yeah. Okay. So mad props to Elvira to each yeah. one of her Since cans. Since they're in different zip codes, I figured Jesus, it's man, a different letter. huge. <laughs> but anyway, so that's the concept behind what we were trying to do today. And if you didn't like it, well, we you apologize. Got to, you got to know us too a little bit. So yeah, you have to know us a little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we're not batshit fucking crazy. Oh, well, we are. Yeah, we're, we're, we're fucking batshit crazy. But, um, but we thank you. We thank you for at least taking the time to listen. Um, and and uh, we mm-hmm. won't do it again. Or maybe we will. Maybe no, like every tenth episode, we'll do a theme or something. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying yeah. some new stuff out. So we got ten more episodes for you have to hear some kind of weird shit that comes out of our mouths. <laughs> no, we're gonna say weird shit every episode. But really weird shit. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm gonna be a humble little fucking man. I'm just gonna say thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Oh and, wait, uh, you gotta tell them where we can find when I can find it. Oh yeah, man. You forgot um, the shameless plug. Shit, the shameless plug. Sponsors, pay attention. Oh God. You can find us at uh, the Body Shop Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send information like where you want to hook up with sponsoring. Uh, you can find us at the Body Shop Pod on the Twitter. It's just no. at Body Shop Pod. Oh, at Body Shop Pod. And that's on the Twitter. And you can find us on the Tiki Talk at uh, the Body Shop Podcast. All one word. All one word. So, so you yeah, pay attention. We'll be throwing videos up shortly, and there's lots of content coming. and. We're starting to figure out what we're going to be doing next, and uh, I'm going to smoke. Deuces! (laughs) Eat that outro. Later, folks. Later, Gator.